well over 100 mile an hour easy and quick uh it, in in the mud in the dirt what's water. that like going that fast and then hitting the water that's got to be it's, it's honestly well. it skims they stay right on top uh-huh. if you don't skim it it'll peel your eyelids back because i've done it it will peel your eyelids backwards Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars podcast, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon. If you've ever been to a monster truck show, how many of you guys have actually been to a monster truck show? You've likely seen all sorts of crazy vehicles. They have huge tires. I mean, how big? We're talking tires that are like five and a half feet high, over three and a half feet wide. Engines that are like race cars and sound like race cars. Drivers who nowadays can do a lot more than just simply jump over a few junked cars getting some air in the process. In fact, I caught up with the Monster Truck family at the SEMA show in Las Vegas in 2018. Actual Monster Truck royalty. Yes, Ryan, Adam, and Kristen Anderson drive gravediggers all over the world. In fact... I asked the guys to give us the whole gravedigger story, and they started right at the beginning. There was no pre-gravedigger. Gravedigger was created in 1982. I'm the oldest son, and I was created in 1985, so this has been our entire life, and it's all we've ever known. And before that, uh, the only thing my father did is he worked on a farm, and that was it. Now, you guys worked on a farm where? Home for us is the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Dad okay. was just north in, in Virginia before we came along. So back before we were around, you know, his high school years, young 20s, he worked on a farm right there in Chesapeake, Virginia. Well, that's where he kind of created the whole gravedigger thing. Back then, mud racing was uh, kind of a, uh, you know, a fun backyard sport. It really wasn't even mud racing because it was more about who could make it the farthest in the mud pit because trucks weren't you know, capable of making through. So he had a mud truck built on a budget through mostly free things given to him, you know, from farm hand working and this and that. Well, the farm owner's son, they had money, he had a brand new truck, brand new tires, brand new lift kit, had all the new stuff, would always talk trash to my dad. They were friends, but they would battle out back and forth. And he said, you don't you don't have nothing, you know, that, that stuff's junk. So my dad got mad, he was offended because his, he was proud of his junk. Right. He said, I'll take this, I'll take this junk <laughs> and I'll dig you. He's proud of his junk, yeah, I love that. I'll take this junk and I'll dig you a grave. And from that day on, Grave Digger started. Now, was it originally, like back in the day that your dad was putting together his set of wheels, was he using a pickup truck or was he using actually the Chevy? Uh, it's actually, it was the original truck was a 1951 Ford pickup truck with a 327. And it was an M1571 is the chassis, which is the old military truck. A Jeep Kaiser basically right. was the original chassis. And okay. that, was, that was it. That was all it was. And it actually had tractor tires on it off of a combine. So, yeah, that's how it started. Trying to visualize that. Tractor tires off a combine. Well, you okay. see all these show trucks out here now. Sure, you sure. You see these show trucks with these big tractor tires on it? That's where it originated from. Those are tires for a combine. And working out here at SEMA in 2018, and they're putting them on big billet aluminum wheels now. He didn't have that. Oh, sure. But I'm, that's where it stemmed from. Yeah, I've seen them on Pintos nowadays in some places. Oh, that's so they're look, they're showing us an original truck, and sure enough, it's a '51 Ford, uh, pipes exhaust really. It looks like through the through roof. The, yeah, through the hood. Through the ceiling. Yep. I'm sorry, through the uh, hood. Yep. 
and uh, big knobbies on it and all that. That's pretty wild. Yeah, this thing was all junkyard built. Actually, there's a, quite a bit of redneck ingenuity in this thing that's pretty impressive. So I actually had a uh, Turbo 350 transmission backed up by a four-speed, granular four-speed transmission without the bell housing and a custom-made coupler that he made himself going to that transmission. Then behind that was the transfer case to go to the front and rear axle. So wow. he needed that due to having a stock 327 motor. That's all he had to spin these big tires. So you had to gear the thing to be able to spin those tires in this thick mud. Uh -huh. and that was how he did it. Some redneck ingenuity, but it was the only way he could do it, man. And, and he was he was the man back in the day. So how did the Chevy panel truck come to, come to play in the Gravedigger's history? It just kind of came over time. Honestly, the second truck he built, it was a, a 1951 Ford panel truck, and it was just kind of what he came across, you know. And it was uh, that was actually my uncle's truck that he got from him that was on my mom's side. So that was my uncle's. The 51 Ford pickup was sitting in the backyard, and that was my uncle's. He got that from him. So they were almost like they were a team, sort of, kind of, or whatever. But my dad did all the work. Right. And then, so it was just over time. So he got this other truck, and then... It had another paint scheme on it. Well, the, the spooky paint scheme came around 1984, and my dad didn't like stuff like that. He didn't like hot flames. He didn't like pinstripe. He didn't like all that fancy type of stuff. But the guy, and it was an artist, and he was crazy, and he said to him, just let me have it, and dad just let him take it and run with the name, and it created the artwork that is on the side of Gravedigger. I was going to say... You can't really put a lot of Gravedigger graphics on the side of a pickup truck. It isn't quite the same, although that first truck had it on the door, and that yep. was okay. But from an advertising point of view, yeah, you have to almost have a van. But nobody really did that, I would imagine, when no, you were doing mud racing. Back, back in the day, and you know, even the beginning of Monster Trucks, was the old you know, square body style Chevrolets and Fords. And it was all about whoever could put the most roll bars in the bed of it, most KC lights on it, and all that stuff. Well, dad didn't have all that money for that stuff. He had a sponsorship from Trailmaster, so he had shocks all over that thing. <laughs> but his truck was cool looking. He had the old school body. He had that crazy spooky paint job. And he was always the dude that went out there and tore his stuff up. He knew his truck wasn't the baddest, and he knew he probably wasn't going to last the whole show. But you can guarantee that time he was going to be out there was going to be the most entertaining part of the night. Adam, when you were growing up, when did you get a kind of an idea that the wheels in your dad's garage were a little bit different than everybody else's? You know, I honestly never thought anything of it growing up as a kid because it's all I ever knew. And, you know, my dad tells a story all the time that, you know, the first little house we were in, it was a tiny little thing. The roof would leak, and they he would just put a bucket underneath of it so he could buy a new carburetor for his truck. And, you know, that was normal to me. And to see these trucks and to go up around these trucks and literally being upset because dad's starting the truck up at 7 o'clock in the morning and I have to go to school and I don't want to hear it. My bedroom's right there. That was all I ever saw. And then when I would bring kids over, bring my buddies over from school that didn't really know. I didn't go to school and tell them who I was, what I was. I didn't care. It was life. That was normal. And then I'd bring them like, what are we doing here? I was like, this is where I live. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, this is it. And the first time that it actually really hit me was the first time I drove, though. And it was in 2005. And the first time I ever jumped cars was in front of a smaller crowd in Salt Lake City. And it was about around 15,000 people. And that was the first time I ever even jumped a car inside of a monster truck. And as soon as I did that and saw those people and what it did to them, I knew something was up. 1985? 2005. 2085, I'm sorry. Yeah, OK. So, so obviously, when you were growing up, when was the point when you decided you wanted to drive that truck? For me, it was really different because, like I said, I never cared. It was normal. It was like it was a job. Well, maybe I'll do something. I didn't. I drove anything and everything, and my dad always bought us 
toys. When I say toys, it wasn't normal toys. He'd buy his cars for Christmas, junk cars, because back then you could buy a junk car. You can go to somebody's backyard and buy one for a hundred bucks, fifty bucks, whatever it was. Okay, so what was your first? Uh, what was your first gift from dad? That was a car. I can't even remember. We had so many. It would be station, every year. old station wagon we had was probably the first one. I don't remember what year it was. Like a Malibu the wagon. wagon. Yeah, he gave us yeah. a Malibu wagon, yeah. and that was pretty fun. At, at our one, uh, the, my mom's house, it was actually a boat basin with a boat ramp. It was a concrete section. We lived down a dirt road. We like 25 acres. We grew up on just free rain. Always had, by thousands, you know, hundreds of acres. Surrounded by hundreds of acres, though. Yeah. Wow. So. Dad got us that thing, and we would drift it through the fields and having fun. And but the best thing was we'd always back up down in the boat ramp, get a little bit of water on the tire, and we'd power brake oh. it. Well, it didn't kind of become our ambulance actually because we started riding fullers a lot more, yeah. making the tracks and jumps and trying stuff out, and we'd crash a lot. So if you would crash, we'd have to go get the wagon, run down there, pick us up. Well, I remember one time I got taken out, KO'd by my fuller, and Adam ran down to get the wagon, but both back tires were blown out from doing burnouts on the boat ramp. So it's just flopping all around, and I'm back there in pain, getting beat to death, riding down the road. But, I mean, it's, it's all good memories, man. Yep, yep. You guys were basically, uh, what's that What's that show with uh, the General Lee? Wait, wait, what's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that? Was, that was your life in a way because yeah. of the way they had the it cars. Was, we and... learned to drive up and down a dirt road. There was no houses on it. There was nothing there. There is now. We have to tell our kids driving down there, slow down when they're riding by their foolish, slow down. There's houses here. And I can look back and remember running into trees that surrounded this road with vehicles and trucks and because we were going so fast. So you still live in the same area, really? We have, I up. live less than a mile from it, and I'm going to move back there this coming year. Back to? The exact spot. I got land right next to it, and I'm building a house right there so my kids can grow up the same way. Wow. That's kind of neat, though. You get a chance to learn how to drive cars. So they're kind of like, I don't want to call them farm cars, but they're, they're cars that you could drive at any age. What, what was the first yeah. time? What Ryan, what was the first time? How old were you when you first drove? I couldn't even tell you. It, it was. I remember sitting in my dad's lap, driving down. There's a section of our beach that you could drive on, off-road section, and hitting a washout with my mom's. You know, it was a new suburban at the time, had a 454 in it and a lift kit, so we thought it was awesome. Well, I blew the alignment out of the front end because I hit a washout, and Dad wasn't looking. I'm steering. I, I mean, I had to have been, you know, four years old, something like that. And then the, one of my best memories though was we had a Subaru Forester, I think it was, and we at our at the shop we had fields beside it. And we had test, you know, test jumps in it for the monster trucks, and the, you know, we bush hog them occasionally, but the, around the edges of the jumps were pretty thick with grass. Well, me and Adam were trying to to flip this car over. We wanted to flip over our first car, so we did it. So well, you did it on purpose. Yes, but it actually caught the field on fire. So then we had the field blazing around us, and we tied a chain to the exhaust and hooked to our with the tractor trying to flip it back over and get this whole scene done before Dad got home. Okay. Let's just rehash what you just said. You tried to flip a car. It caught a field on fire, so obviously a lot of flames and smoke. Yep. And you guys are trying to get a chain attached to it to righten it and try to make it so it never happened. Yep, exactly. It went over well. It did. It's, it's a great story. I mean, we, we had a blast. We actually flipped the car back over, and it kept running. Oh, yeah, the, the picture's actually in my yearbook. That was my senior and my senior in your year, yearbook. I put a picture of the car, the first car crashed in the yearbook. Were you like the yearbook editor? No, they didn't know what it was. They didn't realize what was going on. They thought I was probably standing at a junkyard. Oh, okay. So you got flames and the whole thing. No, 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 no. We didn't get that. Oh, we, no, oh, we didn't oh. want the parents to know that we were doing that. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, good. Dad I, still doesn't fully know this. We okay. just kind of like gave him like, yeah, we rolled over that, you know, car. It's pretty obvious when it smashed in on one side. But. I see. Yeah. Does Dad listen to podcasts? 
Hopefully not, but he may. You never really know. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so what, how old were you when you first drove, Adam? I can honestly, it's almost the same story. My dad had a, I believe it was a 1969 Chevrolet pickup truck, and it had a flatbed on it. It was black and had green flames on it. And where the shop was, down there in Kildova Hills, North Carolina, there's these wood. it's called Nags Head Woods. And what it was from years and years ago, it's all these big sand dunes that the, the overgrowth, the trees have just grown on it, so there's all these awesome trails through the woods. And there's homes back there and things like that, but it was all sand roads. And there's big cliffs off the side. And they always, as a kid, I remember Dad telling me the stories of people running off of these cliffs and crashing. He got in a crash, a wreck back there with my grandmother when he was a kid, and he's got a scar on his forehead from it. And so I was always scared, you know, I was always nervous going around these turns. Well, he made me sit on his lap and never back down. And I, rem I was crying. I remember as a child crying around the same age as Ryan, I was probably four or five, and he was making me steer this truck as he is just sliding through the woods. And that was my first time. Maybe not the best memory, but it's a great one. <laughs> I, yeah, that uh, certainly driving at the age of four. That's uh, and it was a '69. I'm sorry, a '69 Chevrolet pickup. '69 Chevrolet pickup. Well, good for you. At least you uh, <laughs> faced your fears at a young age when it came to driving. I did, and, and but it, and from there, man, it was. Uh, he always got us everything. I mean, honestly, Dad traveled so much. When I say he got us everything, anything that pertained to racing, he wanted us to have it and to be able to do it but we never I never raced anything until I raced monster trucks but I had a racing go-kart I had racing four-wheelers I had this I had that we had it at our house so we had like they would build a go-kart track for us he built a go-kart track for us behind the house and a lot of it was because it was when the time he was there that's all we could do but then he was gone on the road he'd be gone for months on end creating what the brand gravedigger is today right absolutely and, and it's still going strong today as a matter of fact i mean how many races you guys do and how many drivers race gravedigger now there's nine competing gravediggers all around the world there's one uh and uh where's Kristen going tomorrow puerto, tonight puerto rico she, she flies out tonight a red, a red eye flight tonight from the SEMA show going to Puerto Rico for a show. There's a truck over in Australia just finishing up a tour, and there's one over in Europe somewhere bouncing around. We've got a couple of them here in the United States. Me and Adam are tearing them up. I drive my truck, son of a digger, so it's a 10 truck team now that travels the entire world. We're going to South Africa for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. It's just unheard of. The, the growth is almost more than we can keep up with. And nowadays, it's not necessarily you're driving a 49 panel truck. You're driving, it's, it's fiberglass. Yeah, it is. It is a complete, the, the body is fiberglass. The one cool thing that has never changed with Gravedigger, though, is the paint. It's still paint. It is still airbrushed. It's hand-painted every single Gravedigger body. And there is there is 50-plus man hours to complete one of these bodies. And I can wreck it in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> and you probably do. How many, like you're making an appearance, how many truck shells if you will do you have with you on hand in case when you, there's an accident so in, in the any given weekend we honestly most of the time we just have the one that is on the truck that weekend and when you wreck them sometimes you're fortunate enough that you can reuse it somewhat so when you go to the next show and you say and then grave diggers beat up a little bit it's it's because we're running it hard and people expect that you know and they mm -hmm. they honestly i think people do respect what we do and all the work that we put into it and to beat this truck up for them it's for the people, man. We put on a show for them, so no matter what the body costs, what it's going to take, we're going to we're going to mess it up for them. Where is the original? Well, actually, the two original grave diggers, and I mean the pickup truck, the picture you showed, and the original Chevy panel van the, the or pickup, panel truck. 
the pickup truck was at the time, you know, dad was still becoming Gravedigger. So he actually took apart the pickup truck to help build the panel. But the panel, we still have it. It's still in the front yard. It's got these humongous axles underneath of it. The third member is probably 200 plus pounds. Big tires on it, and it's still lifted up to the moon. And you can see where the engine mounted up now, and we laugh looking at it today because the engine is so high, so far back, that if we were to do that with one of our trucks today, it wouldn't handle at all. But it was just the way of doing it back then. It was, if it wasn't tall, it had to be taller, bigger, you know, heavier. His truck, his truck without a motor, with no, basically no running gear, a rolling chassis now is still heavier than what our complete trucks are today. Sounds like a tourist destination sitting in your front yard. Well, it actually is. We, we The house is still there that we grew up in that I told you about. Between the, the trash truck coming to empty the dumpster and then, you know, a 1,500 horsepower motor firing up in the morning before school make me mad. The house is there. We don't live in it anymore, but we have a shop there, and it's Digger's Dungeon. There's a, a retail store, but people can come by and check out the trucks, see all the old trucks, and see all the new trucks traveling, coming in and out. So, How many old trucks do you have there? Uh, we have a lot of them. So even like down to our sign, our sign is Gravedigger number seven, seven actually crashing. It looks like it's crashing into the highway. We live right <laughs> on a four-lane highway. Uh -huh. um, and the Gravedigger eight still there. One, two, and three, or no, not three. One and two are there for as far as the real monsters. Uh, we have got a remake of the original pickup truck, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff there. So what numbers would the vehicles you drive now be? I actually drive Gravedigger number 35. 35? Yes, and uh, and that we've just finished Gravedigger number 37 and 38. They just got finished this year, and they just did, actually this weekend, I believe, they're doing a show with uh, 38. 38. I don't even know where they're at. I can't remember. It's a cottage industry, I tell you. Gravedigger number 38. That is, that <laughs> is wild. Okay, so... You guys drive this vehicle all over the place. One of the questions we always like to ask and trying to get an idea of who people are and the kind of vehicles and how much they like cars. First off is what's in your uh, garage at home for you car wise? Man, I'm almost to where I'm gonna have to get a minivan with these kids, but no, I, honestly, I uh, so we have, so in my garage for my daily driver, I just have a three quarter ton Chevrolet that is, well, I say it's not stock, it's a sleeper. So you to look at it, it's just a regular truck, but it, I've, I've, it's good to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do whatever I need to with it. But got an LS engine in it or something like no, that? No, it's a Duramax. It's a diesel, but I got okay. all the stuff on it. We're good buddies with a, a lot of the people in the diesel industry, out, you know, especially being out here at SEMA and stuff. So it's good to go. It's mm -hmm. uh, That's my daily driver. But uh, for fun, we actually, I build old trucks. We build old trucks. So I have a, uh, I have just purchased actually this year, I have a 1959 Suburban that I've got that's all original that I'm probably going to ruin by putting something else in it. Mm -hmm. It's terrible, mm -hmm. but and it is all original. But then also... You're a horrible person. Thank you. Certainly. And, but in uh, a 1974, uh, 1974 uh, crew cab Chevrolet that we put a Cummins in, and it's on 44s, and like I take the kids to school in it and stuff. Oh, wow. What about you, Ryan? So I have uh, just a 1500 Chevrolet uh, GMC at home, as my dad whip, I call it. Car seat stays in the back. Nothing crazy done to it yet. It's still new. But uh, for a fun ride, I have a 1987 uh, GMC Jimmy, the K5 style blazer. Right. But it's on two and a half ton top load military axles. So these axles are about the size of a car. It's on uh, 44 inch tires. My rims are 25 inches wide. 
So this thing is actually over the legal limit. So hopefully no uh, DOT guys are listening. It's actually 108 inches wide. You're eliminating all yep. our listeners between your dad, the yep. OT, yeah, the, yep. the road guys. <laughs> Nobody can listen to my podcast yep. when you're on. Okay. <laughs> so we, we we get the old square body crews together, and there's a, a whole group of us, and we go down to the beaches that you know he was talking about. Is there's wild horses roam free. It's it's you know the the beach is not a nice. This is no Daytona beach. A stock vehicle will run hot, catch it on fire. They do it all the time, actually. The ruts are so deep, the majority of the time it rips off the uh, the bottom balances off the, uh, the bumpers. Right. And they're stuck, you know, this and that. So we ride down with our big, huge trucks, enjoying our, you know, enjoying life, and we tow people out. Don't get you know, very much gas mileage, do you? Not at all. Not uh, at all. What do you get? Mine's not bad. Mine's not bad. Yours isn't yeah. bad. It's got but, a diesel, yeah. But, yeah, you've Mine's got military-grade stuff on yeah. yours. Mine's terrible. So with the military-grade axles, the gearing is just... Ridiculous. I mean, it's got the whole shot. It's crazy on so it. So we're talking, what, six, five miles per Less gallon? than five. Less and, than and five. And then I also have about 150 shot of nitrous. That also helps a little <laughs> bit for the miles per gallon. Okay, so what's a gallon of gas cost in your neck of the woods? Uh, for the cheap stuff, it's like three bucks, I think. Oh, well, that's not bad. I was expecting even less. Yeah, it's, it's in. I think it is actually down like closer to like two fifty, two sixty. No way! Yeah, I'm going the wrong so. place. I thought I paid like two eighty something. Really? Or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You it's must because go to Costco we're... or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine how that works. Okay, car that you guys once had that you wish you could get back. Man, for for me, I I played around quite a bit with uh, drag car uh, racing a little bit, and I had this. It was an ugly Buick Regal, but it was such a sleeper. 80s it was. Car. Uh, it was a. Um, yeah, it was eighties G uh, G five six. Yeah, it was a G body, you know, uh, Buick Regal, but it it uh it had purple tint. It was like sky blue, kind of faded with a vinyl top. I mean, just not at all nice. Okay. Full interior car, but I had a four seventy six roller motor, uh, four fifty six gear. Oh I did the little you know, frame notch, so it had like nine inch wide slicks underneath the back of it, and we would push it to the line. And looking at this thing, you're like, oh my god, puke, you know? Yeah. Well. I would pour the line, fire it up, and everybody would be like, holy crap, what is that? Because this motor was stacked like 17 to 1 compression. It was just ungodly. Once again, so, no gas mileage. No, zero. Nope, zero. Yeah, okay. and you owed them. I, yeah. After, you know, like, I'd be doing my power break, you know, burnout in there in the bleach box, electric window just, just slowly cracking down, you know. But I would wear people out. I did lift the front end up all crooked. I, I did the airbag stuff in it, you know, in the coils for the G-Body yeah. guys. They know to keep the twist out of it. Well, I didn't like it. I wanted to twist back. <laughs> So I took the airbags out, and the thing was, uh, it was atrocious. It was just hideous, but so fast. What was the car? Mine was actually probably just six months ago. And so we got the 59 Suburban. My wife honestly drives that, and it's supposed to be hers. And it's cool because I don't mind because it's really really awesome to have sitting in the driveway. Um, But I had a 1970 GMC Jimmy. And it was like an air-conditioned, all-original. And it was kind of rough, but, man, it was my dream truck. And... But it just needed work, man, and I, it would still run and drive, but I just never, I didn't have time to mess with it and to do what I wanted to do, and I collected all these parts, and, you know, I was going to put an LS with an 871 blower on it on the street. I wanted to drive it up and down the street with an 871 blower on the LS motor. I have the motor. I got the blower. I got the intake. I got all the stuff to do this, and I sold it, man. Some guy was like, you know what? Actually, one of the boys at the shop, like, why do you have, I had nine trucks at one time. And they're like, you need to get rid of something. Dude, you got to stop. And I'm like, when he told me that, I realized, yeah, you're probably right. So you you have kind of a. An addiction. That's my. my yeah. Yeah. Either that or a hoarding thing going. I don't know. <laughs> a little bit of both. But in that, but for car people who are listening, 
that's not a big deal. I mean, you know, they always try to slip it past the wife or something like that. My dad told on me. That's how it went down. I pulled up behind the shop one day. My wife was with me. We pull up in my wife's Tahoe. And, you know, my dad's like, she's talking about something I got, just got. And, and your dad, and my dad's like, oh, well, you know, that's yours. And that's yours. And that's yours. And he was joking. He thought she knew that I had all these vehicles. And they're all lined up behind the shop. She didn't know. There's so many vehicles and trucks and stuff yeah. everywhere at the shop. She didn't know. And she didn't ask. And I got told on. Well, there you go. Communication is very important in families. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty crazy. That is pretty nuts. Okay. So the car, everybody has a list. The car, top five, top three, whatever. Cars you want someday. What's, Ryan, what's on your list? Uh, for a hot rod car, I probably would have to say a 67 Chevy 2. But I want, like, uh, kind of like a cross between, like, a you know, I guess more of a pro touring setup. There's a friend of mine, Bobby Johnson, is a, like just amazing car builder. And basically, I just want to get a shell and let him just have his way with it. The guy is just insane. The cars that he builds, even if it's a body style I don't like, I drool over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, he's amazing. So if I could get anything, it would be a, a Chevy 2 built by him. Okay, Adam? Mine was honestly, mine is a 67. I would like the Malibu wagon. I always have liked the big cars for some reason. I love a sleeper. I love a car when you look at it and you can't tell what it is. You don't know what's under the hood. But then once you see it go, you're like, oh, okay, that's it. And when I like seeing a lot of metal running down the street. Yeah, no, those uh, grocery getters are really kind of cool, the wagons especially. They're my favorite. I love, and I like, I don't want a two-door, two-seater, or anything. When I'm going out and we're going to cut up and be rowdy, I want all my buddies with me. Yeah, absolutely. I can understand that. All right, so the vehicle you drive. Oh, wait a minute. Before we do this, Ryan, you were telling me before that a younger member of your family is learning how to drive these. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, so my our youngest brother, uh -huh. Weston Anderson, he's 16 years old now, but when he started, he was 12 years old. There's this whole kind of grassroots mud series still out there that we've kind of you know jumped in and, and ignited a fire and shown everybody our technology from Monster Jam and they've converted into mud trucks now. So my little brother, 16 years old, has a, a it's a 1950 Willys Jeep pickup truck, full tube chassis, all fiberglass shell. It's got five ton military grade axles underneath of it. It's got a 540 cubic inch motor with an 871 blower. It makes about 1700 horsepower. And this little guy drives it like a freaking madman. He is insane behind the wheel. The thing is ridiculously fast. I mean, our monster trucks are really powerful and really big, but his mega truck would do donuts around us as we were trying to do a whole shot. The speed, I mean, it's well over 100 mile an hour easy and quick. Uh, it, in, in the mud, in the dirt, What's water. that like going that fast and then hitting the water? That's got to be it's, insane. It's, honestly, well, it skims. They stay right on top. If you don't skim it, it'll peel your eyelids back because I've done it. It will peel your eyelids backwards. Wow. <clears throat> Something to look forward to on the replay there. Um, that sounds pretty crazy. Okay, so just to make sure I have this straight, when you drive the Gravedigger, standing or sitting? I, you know, or do you have an option? No, absolutely not. You know that there was a guy a long time ago, and they, a lot of people saw it. I think on Ripley's Believe It or Not or something, and and you stood up in the truck, and. It, Ripley's believe it, they couldn't believe he was going to jump over eight cars or whatever it was. Standard. Man, I, yeah, no, it, I jump over eight cars in my dreams. You know, that's that's nothing. We sit down. We have custom tailored seats for every single driver uh, that we sit in. And when you look inside of this thing, I mean, it is a all-out race vehicle. The technology that's in them now, 
coming from where it came from, from that grassroots stuff, it's it's not that anymore, man. It's it's unbelievable to look in this truck and the technology, you know, not only from the safety side of it, but uh, for the equipment, what it actually is, what the trucks are, what they're built from, how we build them. It's pretty unbelievable. Wow. So that's the, so you sit basically. Yes, yes, okay. we sit in custom made Well, it seems seats. a lot more comfortable, yeah, that, and heaven that, forbid you come down in your knees and all yeah, that. Yeah, that stand-up thing was no good. That no. Was a, that'd be uh, Didn't last very long? painful. No, we never did it. We knew better. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, there's no way. I was, I'm was. i embarrassed by it, really. I don't know why, but does, I don't want people to think I'm standing up in there. That's just silly. Does anybody still do that, or is that pretty much It was overrun? one guy, and he was trying some. I don't want to knock the guy for trying something different, doing something different. Sure. And because he rode motocross and stuff, and that's where it stemmed from. That's where he got his idea from. And okay. I believe it even had hand, it had almost basically a whole motorcycle inside of it, I think. Oh. Or so I, I don't know, but that's just not. You cannot wheel anything like you need to a big vehicle like we're driving without sitting down. Is this still a lot of fun for you guys? Where do you want it to go from here? Absolutely, man. It's a blast. And the you know the things were the new tricks we're pulling off with the trucks are just insane. Their advancement and not only driver skill but the truck technology and durability has made us so capable now with the trucks that a backflip is old news we do backflips with 12,000 pound monster trucks 40 foot in the air that's wow. old news that's years ago now uh, we're balancing these things on two one tire going from two wheels on the side to the front two wheels doing a reverse we reverse wheelie all within like three seconds and uh, the you know some of the stuff that we do now even today I still don't understand how the heck we're doing this, but we do it. Adam, craziest trick you've ever done? Honestly, I can't say that it's, it doesn't seem like anything's crazy anymore. I have got some of the worst, wildest crashes that you'll ever see. And because when I say that, that doesn't seem like much, but when you go to an event and there's, you know, you're going to see multiple wrecks, and I never do it intentionally. For the, I never do. I just drive with the intentions that I don't care. If it happens, it's going to happen. And it becomes a problem for me a lot of times. So I have been whipped around in that truck, I believe, more than 95% of these guys. Even my dad, I think I've been just, just pummeled in there more than anybody because when I'm going out there in front of 60,000, 70,000 people, I'm a warrior. I'm going to lay it down. I don't care. Okay, we are here at SEMA. We're at the MagnaFlow booth where you guys had a signing and autograph session. We have a few people. You interested in asking him a question? Oh, he's actually got a... I got a mini digger fan at home, and uh, he couldn't come with me. He's up in Canada still, and I was just wondering if I could... We'd uh, love to sign it, man. Absolutely. He's, he's kinda, he's it looks like a matchbox. <laughs> I was about to say, it looks like a matchbox car or something well, like I, that. I had to sneak it out of the house. <laughs> so he doesn't know. He doesn't know yet. He's probably looking say, for Where are you from? Canada. Alberta. Alberta? Cool deal, man. And these Hot Wheels toys have been something that's just been amazing for us. To be able to not only for our, us and our kids to be able to go to you know any big store and purchase our vehicle Very has been good. awesome. But then you get the kids that bring that. His kid will bring that toy, and he knows that toy. has played with it forever, and that's his favorite. And he'll bring that thing to a actual Monster Jam show, and then his little superhero toy is real life mega size you just look on on these kids faces is priceless awesome yeah, his his hero's not spider-man and stuff like that it's gravedigger you boys monster jam that's that's what he lives for right now he's three years old and that is life monster trucks is life three years old three years old well, you're starting him off right then well, you got to it's easier it makes it a lot easier when dad can have fun too right ryan and adam anderson 
Watch out for one of the gravediggers coming to an arena near you. They put on quite a show. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe to all of our new podcasts here on Radio.com, KNX1070.com, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us. Rate us five stars, if you will, if you like it. Please write a review, and if you want to sponsor an episode or seven of Talking About Cars, you can reach us at talkingaboutcars at gmail.com. Again, our website is talkingaboutcars.net, where I include some background to the interviews, so it's a little bit more than uh, you get on the other websites where you just get the podcast, a little background, so you can check that out as well. Hey, make sure you follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and watch our videos. We have some videos that we did some time ago. Uh, Real interesting. We'll probably get back to do some videos sometime in the next year or so. We'll have to see how it works. So check those out as well. We've got some really cool ones with... uh, uh, the guys from Starsky and Hutch, also Wayne Carini, also uh, Chip Foose. Some great fun stuff there. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun, and we do, talking about cars. <laughs>